Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. How are you going to go to heaven? Why are you going to be there? Well, because I'm a good person. Compared to what? And so you begin to see, as you look at the Bible, none of those work. None of those bridge the gap. Because to be good enough, the standard for good enough is perfection. That takes care of all of us. There isn't one. Because we all start as sinners. So here's what the Bible teaches. This might be new to you tonight, but it's not new to the Scripture. Good people don't go to heaven. It seems that when asked, most people believe they're going to heaven because they're good in their own eyes, or they aren't as bad as someone else. The Bible is very clear, though. None of us are going to heaven. The standard is perfection, and we all know that we fall short of that. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the events leading up to the birth of Jesus and the messages that were given to the parents of John the Baptist and Jesus. We'll be taught about God's intent for those two men, and how John was going to prepare the way for the Messiah, Jesus, who would do what it took to wipe out our debt of sin. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, Encounters with God. What do we know about camels? Let me give you some things. Camels can live to be 50 years old. They can run 40 miles an hour. They have these long, long eyelashes, ladies, and ear hairs, guys. And together with these nostrils, they have nostrils that actually close, obviously, to keep the sand out. But they have one other thing I didn't know about. If sand gets lodged into their eyes, they can dislodge it with this transparent third eyelid. Amazing what God's done. A large camel can drink 50 gallons of water in three minutes. How about that? And camels can go up to two weeks without any water at all. You see, but knowing about a camel is very different than having a personal encounter with a camel. I want to show you what a personal encounter with a camel looks like. Take a look. You get on a camel very carefully, otherwise you sing soprano the rest of your life, if you know what I mean. And so once we're on that camel, there we go. And see, knowing about a camel and actually getting on a camel and riding one is a difference between day and night. Knowing about God is one thing, but having a personal encounter with God is a difference between day and night. And that's what we want to talk about. We're going to look at three people in the Bible that have personal encounters with Jesus. 
Our first supernatural encounter actually begins with the most unlikely people of all, shepherds. The lowest rung on the social status. Couldn't go to the temple. We're pretty much outcast people. But watch what God does. You know the story. Here it is, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, now look, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Notice the shepherds, after they were calmed down, they began to have this amazing encounter with an angel. The message that the angel gave, angels are messengers, is an amazing one. Good news, great joy to all people. Now, what was the good news? The shepherds, when they heard that, They had no clue what good news is. They have no idea really what the angel is speaking about to them. Take a look. Here's kind of what the explanation was. What is the good news? The Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Well, one of the first questions you and I might have, as well as these shepherds, why did every person need a savior? Well, early in the Bible, in this whole event between Mary and Joseph, angels came to Mary and angels came to Joseph. And this angel that came to Joseph said, Joseph, don't be afraid. Mary, the one that you're pledged to be married to, she's had an encounter supernaturally with the Holy Spirit. And look at the message the angel said to Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, and she will have a son, so we don't need an ultrasound. We know it's going to be a boy. You are to name him Jesus. You don't have to go through the famous names. But why would he come? For he will save his people. Say it with me, the last three things, from their sins. So what is the good news? that Jesus will come and save his people, all people, from their sins. Now, why is that good news? Because man's greatest need is forgiveness. And let me show you that in a picture way. I'm going to show you three pictures tonight. It's really plain. On the left-hand side, you see this thing called sinful people. Every single, the Bible tells us that every single one of us, that when we were born, spiritually, we were born a sinner. Now, sin always separates. And in this particular picture, it's exactly what happened. Sin separates us, notice the big gap, from a holy God. The unbeliever's sin ends up, if that, if that gap isn't solved, that unbeliever's sin ends up in death. Death is a difficult thing. We'll talk about it in a moment. It simply means eternal death, separated from God forever. So you and I start there. We're all sinful people are. We're empty. We're lonely. We're guilty. We're afraid of death. We know we're going to live somewhere, 
God put that in us in Ecclesiastes 3. He said he's put eternity in our heart. You know, even though you'd say, well, I don't even believe it. It doesn't matter. You know when you die, you're going to live somewhere forever. Now, here's the issue. Everyone needs a Savior. I'm on the left. I want to get to where God is. So that's why Jesus came. So would you turn to the neighbor, one of the one that you think is okay? You can just turn to them and say, everyone needs a Savior. Would you do that? Just tell them right now. Now, now get your hand up, get your finger up, get your finger up, and just say this with me. I need a Savior. See, like, you're everyone. You're one of the ones. So I need a Savior. So why did Jesus come? Well, he came for you, and he came for me, because everybody starts right there. Now, here's what happens. When man sees that, man wants to solve the problem himself. That's kind of the way we were made. Now, let me show you the next picture. Here it is. When man tries to solve his problem and to get to God, he uses lots of different mechanisms. One of them is called religion. Religion is simply man trying to reach up to a holy God. Impossible. And so we have other things. We have good works. We have philosophy. We have morality. I can tell you I've been doing this for many, many years. I've been a Christian 65 years. I can tell you this because it never really changes. Without a relationship with God, life doesn't make sense. So that's why man is trying to make some kind of sense, some kind of peace, get rid of the guilt somehow. And the way they try to bridge that gap, the number one way, it's never changed. The number one way, and you're here tonight, you're trying it, is you think you can be good enough. I've talked to Many people all those years, their surveys done the whole world. It's no different than in the Bible time 2,000 years ago. You say to a person, well, when you die, how are you going to go to heaven? Why are you going to be there? Well, because I'm a good person. Compared to what? And so you begin to see, as you look at the Bible, none of those work. None of those bridge the gap. Because to be good enough, the standard for good enough is perfection. That takes care of all of us. There isn't one because we all started as sinners. So here's what the Bible teaches. This might be new to you tonight, but it's not new to the scripture. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go to heaven. And see, man can't solve that problem with religion or anything else. Now, let me show you what does solve our problem. It really isn't what, it's who. The shepherds heard the message. The Savior's coming to save people from their sins. Forgiveness. So here's here's the, the solution. And the solution is right in the middle. And let's say his name together. His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can bridge that gap. Notice the people over here, some have made a choice. I'm going to give you that choice tonight. It doesn't come by being good enough. By the way, how do you think people got over to the holy God over there? How did those three people get there? You know how they got there? They go to Calvary Chapel. (laughs) Praise God. I think not. Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, the Presbyterian Church, good works, any doesn't get you there. There's only one way to get there. Jesus Christ. Now, notice what that does. It eliminates all of those things that were a trouble in our life. And look what it gives us. Total forgiveness, 
I have a freedom. What did we sing tonight? Joy. Joy, because I'm forgiven. Now I have purpose in my life. When you get up in the morning, you ought to have a reason for getting up in the morning. More than just our coffee. There has to be a reason for living life. And I, I love doing life. When you discover your life is serving God in a million different ways, it just brings purpose and meaning to you. And then, of course, we get to go to heaven. Now, notice, if I don't solve that problem, notice here, death is crossed off. Well, everybody's going to die. What kind of death is it talking about here? You're going to die. I'm going to die. The death it's talking here is not physical death. It's spiritual death. It's eternal death. It means if you don't solve that gap, if you choose not to accept Jesus Christ, then when you do die physically, you will be separated from God forever. That is not God's wish. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to provide the solution to our sin problem. See, Christianity is not complicated, but we've made it so complicated. What you just saw in those three pictures is the very simple truth. Now, the shepherds, as the story continues, the angels tell them how to find Jesus. And they go and they find Jesus. And when they get to the manger, they have what we would call a personal encounter. So these shepherds will eventually go and meet Jesus personally. There's a personal encounter. Notice this statement. I think it's very important for all of us. Experiencing a personal encounter with God is very different than knowing about God. Lots of people say, well, I believe in God. That's good. That doesn't get you to heaven. You have to have a personal encounter, a personal relationship with God. Now, when these shepherds go, by the way, about uh, maybe up to a year later, uh, some of you have your nativity scenes w- with the wise men. They, they came about a year later, so just move them off into the dining room, and you can bring them out a little later as you get after Christmas, and it's okay. That's because Jesus was a boy, maybe one years old, and of course, what happened when they came, they gave them gifts and whatever, and then Herod went and tried to kill everybody two years and under. So that's why he, they, he was in a house, and he was a young man. What did they do when they came? Exactly the same thing. They bowed down and worshiped. They had an encounter with Jesus. Well, as you see that, it's important for you to understand through all of this, this encounter was was so good. Now, watch what these shepherds do. They, They just didn't keep it to themselves. They began to go, and they began to tell everybody about their encounter. That's actually what we're doing here tonight. Many of you are Christians, Christ followers. Many of you are not. Why are we doing this service? We're doing the service to tell you that the solution to life is Jesus Christ. That's what brings joy and peace. It's not about a church. It's being told in all kinds of churches. See, it's Jesus and Jesus alone. Well, the next thing that happens is this. Watch. Then the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. What a difference before and after. Fearful. Don't know anything about Jesus. Afterward, what are they doing? Glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. Here's what I want you to see. Notice this next statement. An encounter with God will change you and it will transform you. See, when you meet God, and really begin a relationship with him, it will absolutely change you. Now, it doesn't change all of life. I'm 5'7 and shrinking. 
Quit, you laughed more at that than anything else I've done tonight. What is up with that? When I got saved, I think I was five, seven and a half. So, but that was many years ago. Now, what happens as you move through that? Well, I'm going to change. Salvation didn't change me physically, but it changed me spiritually. You see, when you have an encounter with God, it will transform you. You'll be absolutely a different people as the shepherds were, as the wise men were. Now, I want to show you tonight another encounter. One you is not as familiar as the shepherds. His name is Simeon. Now, when you look at Simeon, who is Simeon? Well, in Luke chapter 2, it tells us Simeon was just like you and just like me. Wasn't a religious person as far as a a Pharisee, Sadducee, those kind of things. He was just a, a person that loved God. He had the Holy Spirit in him. And what we do know about Simeon was this. He was an older man, and he had waited his whole life for the promise of the Messiah. See, the Old Testament is filled with more than 300 predictions that Jesus Christ would come. So here he is. Simeon, eventually, the Holy Spirit came to Simeon, and and the Holy Spirit told Simeon this. Simeon, you will not die until you have an encounter with the Messiah. Wow. So day after day after day, he probably went over to the temple that you see behind him because he figured, well, that's when where Jesus would be brought. And many times he'd get up in the morning and say, could this be the day that I encounter the Messiah? Then one day, the Bible tells us it happened. Look at Luke. I have it for you. Luke 2, 27. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms, and he praised God. And you're going to see in a moment the the song that he sang. You see, that day that Simeon saw the Messiah... Well, there was a young man, poor, a young woman, poor, Mary and Joseph. It was about 40 to 50 days after Jesus had been born. And after Mary finished her her purification time, they were bringing Jesus, about 40, 50 days old, to the temple to be dedicated, just as we dedicate children. On that day, the Holy Spirit said to Simeon, that's the one, that's the one. I think you you need to understand what happened. Watch this. Simeon didn't just go, wow, that's the one. I can die now. What did he do? He went and had a personal encounter. He introduced himself to Mary and took the baby Jesus. See, knowing about Jesus and having a personal encounter is a very different thing. Now, when he's finished with that, The Bible says an amazing thing. He was ready to die because God had kept his promise. See, he believed in the Messiah. He was waiting for his salvation to come. I want you to read with me. Look at it. Look at the song that he wrote. He says this, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant, Simeon, let me die in peace. Let me just stop there and say this. One of the greatest benefits of a person that really knows Jesus Christ 
as Savior and Lord is that when we die, we die in peace. See, I don't want to die, but I know heaven's better, and one day I will. It could be painful. It could be, I have no idea. God's in control of all that. But I do know this, that I'm not fearful about it. I have a peace because the moment I die, I know exactly where I'm going. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. See, that's why the unbeliever is afraid of death but will not tell you. Because when you say to them, there's no world religion that has a guarantee like Christianity. None. The Muslim faith, you ask the Muslim, where will you go? They have no idea whether they're good enough to get to heaven. I'm never good enough, but I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. Now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I've seen your, say it with me, your, uh, you're seeing your salvation, which you prepared for how many? All people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations. He is the glory of your people Israel. Now this is amazing because Simeon knew that the source of salvation was Jesus. You see, I want you to turn to the neighbor on the other side, the one you didn't care too much for, and I want you to say this. Everyone needs a Savior. Would you do that right now? Just turn to them and say that. That's exactly right. Now get your finger out. Get your finger out. Come on. Come on, everybody. I need a Savior. That's exactly what the Bible says. And that's exactly what... Now, it's amazing because Simeon's Jewish and his song includes Gentiles. There's like 99% of Gentiles in the world and 1% or 2% Jews. That includes you and me. Way back then, that would have been news to Simeon. But you and I are included because Jesus Christ came for the whole world. So in our day and age, we're supposed to be tolerant, and we should be with our Christianity. In our day and age, lots of people say there's no such thing as absolute truth. That's foolish. Let me show you a statement that is hard for you maybe to understand. Here it is. The Bible tells us there is salvation in Jesus and him alone. There is no other way to get to heaven, to get forgiveness, but Jesus Christ. God designed that from the beginning of time. And Peter was sharing this with very religious people one day. And he was talking about Jesus, and he said this. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by where we must be saved. So the salvation comes simply from Jesus Christ alone. He said, Pastor Mark, that's narrow. To be honest, truth is narrow. Two plus two is four. Go for it. It's narrow. It's narrow. But it's true. Now... We're going to do something. We're going to fast forward 30 years. Now, those of you who get older know that time goes like that, doesn't it? Come on, be honest with me. Just raise your hand if you you can raise it. That's, That's right. That's good. It's a tough but necessary message to be told that we aren't as good as we need to be to get into heaven. And more importantly, that we never can be. Thanks to Pastor Mark for letting us know that there is a way out of our mess through Jesus. Remember that God did absolutely what had to be done for our redemption. That we need to let as many people know this good news too. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. It's exciting to hear these stories about real people that had amazing encounters with God. Pastor Mark will continue this message next time, telling the story about Zacharias' encounter with the angel and the results of that. He will be teaching us the importance of questioning God's message with humility. Zacharias didn't and wound up with some unfortunate consequences. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this special message entitled Encounters with God. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.